Welcome to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. My name is Andrea Wilson-Woods, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Cancer U. Join me each week as I interview cancer patients, caregivers, survivors, and providers about their cancer journeys. You're listening to Cancer Youth Thrivers, where real people share true stories. We want to give a shout out to one of our reviews. This one is by Lady Courtney 2022. Lady Courtney says, great podcast with a great host. The stories are inspiring. I look forward to hearing more from this podcast and host. Lady Courtney, thank you so much for your five-star rating and your review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. In 2018, Corey Misick found a football-sized tumor in his chest. When the doctor diagnosed him with cancer, he said, you watch my God do a miracle. In the middle of cancer treatment, Jesus healed Corey. Now he and his wife, Chelsea, coach other cancer patients and caregivers into their own victory. Thank you so much, both of you, Corey and Chelsea, for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you so much. So 2018, not that long ago, less than four years ago, how did you even know that you had a tumor that big? Did you have any symptoms? And Chelsea, you know, as a spouse, did you notice anything different? Yeah. So in 2018, so I, my head neck and shoulders were swelling over the course of a week. So I lost my, my jawline completely and uh, so what had happened was all the blood was pooling above my head and um, I'd go to put my shoes on and I'd almost black out. So I were very holistic and I took um, took some allergy meds and I was like, hey, I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, went to urgent care and they ran a bunch of tests. They ran blood tests. They thought it was strep throat. And they're like, you know what, let's just look to see like what's going on in your chest. And results came back. Um that I had something in my chest there. And so they were, they were like, oh my gosh, you need to go over to Sharp Memorial right now. Do not ignore this and uh, get a CT scan. So at, at Urgent Care, did they do an x-ray? Very simple. Yeah, x-ray. they did a very simple x-ray and that showed that there was something on top of my heart. Wow. Yeah. So do you go straight from Urgent Care? Oh so, right yeah, we went straight from Urgent Care to the hospital and... And they sent over the x-rays and they were like, hey, we need to do a CT scan. So we did a CT scan and um, yeah, and there was sure, sure enough, there was something on top and they still quite didn't know what it was yet, but um, it, it, it was definitely blocking. So it was cutting off one of my main arteries right here in, in my neck. So you have two arteries that bring blood up to the head and then the one back down through the heart and the tumor was wrapped around the, it's called SVC artery. And so, yeah, that's why my, all the blood was pooling uh, above my head, neck and shoulders. Yeah. I looked completely. Chelsea, what were you thinking at this point? You, you'd seen the swelling going on yeah. and then you, yeah. So what were you thinking? Yeah. So at this point we were nine months into marriage. He was actually admitted on our nine month anniversary of marriage. And so, as a newlywed, especially, 
you're not wanting to think the worst. I mean, any circumstance, you're not wanting to think the worst, but you know, you just found your best friend, you're starting this new life. And um, so something felt off, but I think I was in denial and I was like, oh, it's just allergies. Let's go to the chiropractor. Let's go to like take allergy medicine. You'll be fine. And it just never stopped um, swelling. So it got to the point where it's like, okay. And at that point it was kind of like, rubber meets the road and like, okay, we need to take care of this. We need to look at this. Um, and so it was, it was kind of a, a, a shake to me, my reality, I think for sure. So when you went, I'm assuming from urgent care to the ER, is that accurate? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And after that CAT scan, after they saw something was there, but didn't know what it was, is that when they admitted you? Yeah, we thought we were going to go home. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> we we're like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. Um, we'll be home tonight. Um, but no, as soon as they took that CT scan, they immediately admitted into oncology ward. Yeah, they're like, you're not going anywhere. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So what happened then? I mean, are, is it even still daytime at this point? I mean... No, it was nighttime. I'll let you tell Cor. Yeah, so um, so it was nighttime, and so they admitted us, and um, we it got to the point where we were we were just believing for a miracle, right? Our faith was so strong in God, and that we we were believing for that instant miracle, and we were like, okay, God, um, we've seen miracles, we've seen miracles in our church, we've seen the blind healed, we've seen knees healed, backs healed. We know that you can do this, this healing for me. And we believe it. And so we were, we were pressing in. And so I think it was about a a week or so that we, we were believing for that miracle. And, um, and we didn't get that instant miracle that we were looking for. And we were, and I pretty much said, my prayer was, God, if, if you heal me, I will follow, I will follow you wherever you want me to go. And I will do whatever you want me to do. And so we prayed specifically for three people um, to give us confirmation uh, on, you know, kind of next steps. We knew, you know, the doctor said, hey, um, we have a chemo regimen of eight rounds with uh, radiation that we want you to do. And, you know, as we're very holistic, we didn't want to do that. And so we were like, no, we're going to get this miracle. And so... um, Let me back up a little bit because... Because where we are, we don't know even what kind of cancer you have. Right. So when did they, what did they do to actually diagnose the cancer? Did they do a biopsy? What What was sort of the next step yeah. the day after you were admitted? Because qu- they're moving quickly, so they're clearly very concerned. Yes. So they did a laser-guided um, biopsy through my sternum. Initially, they were going to go through my lung and they said, hey, your lungs could collapse. And I was like, hey, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> can go through the sternum. And so, um, so they put me under and they went through my sternum and that's when they, um, it came back it, the technical term is mediastinal B cell lymphoma. And that's a fast growing, uh, lymphoma that grew over five months. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and so then they make this suggestion, suggestion yeah. a recommendation, I guess I should right. say. For, for chemotherapy and radiation, mm-hmm. you choose not to do that. What were the other choices? Uh, we can send you home <laughs> and good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No way. Yeah, it, and that's what it came down to. And our doctor was really pressuring us and and saying, "Hey, like," and and so we, the day we had to make a decision, or the day before we had to make a decision. And so this was Thursday night, and that's when I, you know, we prayed and we said, "Hey, God, uh, give us three people." Um, trusted leaders that will come in and, and kind of confirm to us what we need to do. At this point, we had, it had been almost a week from That's admission. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, and so we spent a full week. Our friends were coming in, pastors were coming in, we're standing and we're praying, and the doctor is rightly so very concerned um, because we probably seemed crazy <laughs> yeah. um, with with our belief in standing and what we were believing for, um, but we just felt such a conviction to do that. Um, and meanwhile, Corey is going and praying for other patients. And um, mm -hmm. and so it got to the point where where she came in. I mean, the doctor was sending in um, staff and their chaplain. And, you know, we got to the point where they were like, okay, we're going to send you home or we can start treatment. Um, and Oh, okay. So they were waiting you guys out yes, a little bit. Exactly. Oh, yes. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so it was about at a week point that Friday because uh, the lab closes over the weekend. So we really, it was either home or we start. So that Thursday night is when we prayed for God um, to just give us confirmation through like trusted mentors and pastors. And um, we knew doctors as well. So, um, so yeah, Corey, go ahead. Yeah. So the three trusted leaders um, that we, um, we prayed for and we said, Hey God, we, we want unsolicited advice. And so um so sure enough, those three trusted leaders came through. Um, they said, hey, we're going to come through tonight. We want to pray over you. And it was two pastors from our church and then another friend of a friend that we talked to over the phone. And we didn't tell them. We didn't ask, you know, we didn't say, hey, like, this is what we're, they knew what we were up against, but we we weren't fishing for, hey, you know, right. give us advice on what to do. Um, and so that was our confirmation. And we were like, okay okay, God, this is what we, we need to do. And, um, so we went ahead and, and told our doctor, you know, we'll, we'll move forward with the, with the chemotherapy treatment. And we're just going to trust God that, you know, this is not going to damage any part of my body, any cells. It's just going to attack the cancer. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we're believing for. Okay. And what was the the protocol of the chemotherapy? Yeah. So the protocol was initially was eight rounds and it actually got moved to six rounds. So I was in the hospital for, uh, six days a week and I was hooked up to a port. So, um, 24 hour drip, I was hooked up to the chemotherapy and I didn't even have time in between bags really. And they were just, once a bag was done, they would swap it right out. So in the hospital, six days, Chelsea was there with me um, the whole time. And um, then it was two weeks at home to rest. So uh, that was one cycle. And then after those two weeks, right back in the hospital for the next round. So every three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And if I'm doing my math correctly, this, this went on for six months, something like that? Uh, four months. Okay. Yeah. From August okay. to December. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, typically when you're on that kind of protocol, they, they do scans, you know, maybe not after every single round of chemo, but every two. Right. So were your doctors doing scans, you know, were they seeing any changes? 
Yeah, so I had I had about nine or so CT scans over the course of those. Um, well, really, probably those first two months, I had nine CT scans. So I had a lot of radiation, and um, yeah, there there were scans, and and you know they did they would come back and kind of give us some progress reports there. So were they seeing progress every time? I mean, um. Yeah, I mean there there were there were some the first week was was crazy Chelsea if you want to hop in here too. Um I the tumor was breaking up and I went into uh Rigers. So what Rigers is is you're like it's almost like convulsing and you're just you have this uncontrollably uncontrollable shaking and you, you just can't control your body at all. And so what had happened was the tumor was breaking up and all that blood that was restricted was coming back down through my heart. So my heart had all this extra blood. It didn't know what to do with it. So my heart rate actually shot up to about 230, 240 beats per minute. It felt like it was just going to pop out of my chest. That and, evening was um, crazy. I was asleep on on the little pull-out bench bed. And um, I woke up in the middle of the night. This was within the first 24 hours of starting chemo. Um, I woke up, it was like two or 3 a.m. and he was standing and there was beeping going on and nurses running in and out. And his heart rate was going up to like 230, down to 110, up to 270, up to one like 80, like literally up and down and up and down constantly. And it was the most frightening. <laughs> <laughs> frightening thing and one of I'm, the nurses were angels they were so sweet the head nurse came in and sat down and prayed with me and there was such a peace even in the midst of all the chaos and after that they took him up to the heart um floor to watch his heart and to monitor that but really it was just all the blood finally just draining back down um that his body was like freaking out so <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh. Did it get better after that first round? Was yeah. it less severe? Yeah, that never happened again after that that first oh one. God. Yeah. <laughs> that was scary. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. So so you go through this not eight, six rounds of chemotherapy. Uh did they recommend any other treatment after that? No, they they were going to I did have a consultation with um radiologist and um but my um, and that was kind of like later on, but I, I actually didn't end up half having to have the, the, um, any radiation. Uh, thank God. I don't think I would have done it honestly, just because they, you know, they zap your chest and radiation just kind of bounces around wherever it wants to go. Um, and oftentimes you get, you know, your, your esophagus gets burned and it's hard to eat and you have all these other symptoms. So I think the radiation scared me more than, the chemo as crazy as that sounds but radiation was probably one thing that i wasn't going to do um so yeah that that was the only uh treatment that they recommended to backtrack a little bit um you were talking about the scans they were doing and um yeah. he had a ton of scans at the beginning he did not have a scan from the start of chemo until after the third round and it was the third round that we really experienced the miracle of it all um because when we started the chemo, the doctor didn't expect the tumor to be completely gone at the end. Um, she still had a whole plan for after. <laughs> and um, so at the third round, 
we, there was a really significant weekend at our church where, you know, we were in church. I was on the worship team at the time. And so I was on stage and the pastor's called Corey. It was, it was a weekend where he was strong enough to, to go in because it was three rounds in at that point. And so the chemo had really started to just wreak havoc on his body. Um, and the pastors called him up on stage and, um, the doctor at that point hadn't any sign that the tumor was gone. We thought it was shrinking, but it was a massive tumor. Um, so pulled him up on stage at church. The pastors were praying and the whole church was like hands outstretched and believing with us and praying with us. And it was such a powerful, powerful moment. I'll let Corey talk about that a little. Yeah. So, um, when I, when I actually went into the sanctuary, I was sweating for no reason. And I'm not like a huge sweater. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I'm pitting out and uh, it's kind of, you know, just a little embarrassing. And and so... Um, Blame the chemo. <laughs> That's what I would have done. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so um, I was just sweaty and I, I knew... Um, and I, and I felt this like warm, cooling sensation just like all throughout my body. And I knew like God was in that moment with us and and that healing was taking place. And so, you know, I was pulled up on stage and the whole church is uh, has their hands stretched out, pastors praying over us. And I just felt this icy, cooling, hot sensation all over my chest um, and all throughout my body. And um, I knew I was... I was being healed, right? And so um, we we actually um, so we didn't have like any scans up until up, up until then. And then um, I was kind of like pressuring my doctor, saying like, "Hey, like, can we get a, Nine a weeks. scan?" Yeah, you know. And so she's like, "Well, let me let me double check to see you've had you know so much radiation on the front end, and let me right. see like what we can do." And so. Um, I was, you know, we were really just pressuring her. And so at church that Sunday, we were praying that we would get, you know, another CT scan. So the following week, we were actually able to have a, uh, a CT scan. And um, that revealed that the tumor was was gone. It was, I was completely, completely healed. Completely gone, yeah. And so. Um, wow, after three rounds. <laughs> after three rounds, Yeah. And God told me specifically yeah. that I'd be healed by the third round. And then indeed I was. Um, so what was really cool, the first week in the hospital, we had this incredible encounter. Uh, there was some crazy stuff that went on in the hospital. Um, we were just going after it in prayer. And the first week, um, Chelsea and I were laying in that little twin bed in my hospital bed. And we were just uh, praying, listening to worship music. And um, uh, Chelsea, I'll let you go ahead and start to tell what what you were what you saw. Okay, um, so so we're laying in the hospital bed, and um, and at that point, God had kind of opened my eyes to I was I was able to see angels every now and then, and and so in that moment, um, I saw angels at the head of his bed with their arms outstretched towards Corey's chest. And um, I told him, I was like, don't freak out, <laughs> but this is what I see. Um, he's like, oh, okay. Um, and then we saw the presence of Jesus in the room with us. Um, and we could only see the silhouette. There was a bright light behind him. Um, and that's when Corey experienced that, that 
one-on-one interaction with him. Yeah. So I, I saw Jesus and then I, I saw him uh, actually like do open heart surgery on me. And so he, he cuts me open and mind you, we're, we're wide awake. This is not a dream. This is not a vision. Uh, he cuts me open and pulls out my heart and my heart is like in his hands like this, just kind of like floating in his hands and he's barely moving his fingertips like ever so slightly. And I just felt this icy cooling hot sensation in my chest and um, he stitches me back up and felt more of that icy cooling hot sensation. And then I passed out for like two hours. So at that moment, I knew that like I was healed. And um, so fast forward to that moment in um, October where the church is, is praying for us. We, um, you know, we're believing for that scan and then that scan, that CT scan comes and then, um, uh, and those, those result the results show that I was completely healed. The tumor was completely gone. What was your doctor's reaction? <laughs> <laughs> she, she couldn't believe it. I think, um, she was warming up to the idea of miracles because we were we were praying over people. We were, you know, our faith was really huge in the hospital, and um, we really just brought we brought Jesus to that hospital ward. You know, we just really brought life and and uh, joy to the hospital room. My wife too; she, she's so joyful, and uh, we just brought a lot of that life and love that. Um, that we carry with, with Jesus. And, um, so it was spilling over into her. And I I think she was like, kind of like warming up to those, those miracles. And, and, um, but she, she, she was in disbelief. I think she's like, I believe she showed us the pictures on the screen of the CT scan. And she's like, I believe your cancer is gone, but you could still kind of see that, you know, there was a little hesitation and then she's like, but wait, I still need you to finish rounds four, five, and six. So I still had to complete those sure. those last few chemo rounds. She actually, yeah. she took our case to the board of oncologists at the whole hospital um, because it, she was like, they're not going to believe this <laughs> to the point where when we met the radiologist after all the chemo rounds were done, she, we walked in thinking they were wanting us to do radiation and we actually went in and she just wanted to meet us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was literally just a, hi, I heard your story and I just wanted to meet you. <laughs> Conversation. She's like, hi, like, I want to shake your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. So after that last round is done, what was that like for both of you? Because I, I know what other people have said, and so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what was that like? It's over. Now it's over. So for us, cancer was life-changing. We had to believe things in a way where we hadn't before. We had to lift our faith in a way we hadn't before. We saw things in a different light. We valued life in a different way. And now it's done. And you're just kind of plopped back into regular life. You're like, well, now what? (laughs) Like, where do we go? What do we do? What the heck's going on? So it it was a mind warp. Um, definitely for us. And 
And so we, we're just, you know, had to heal. We're like, let's take it one season at a time and just heal now. And, and it was funny circumstance because it was a week or two weeks after the last chemo round. And, um, my mom had an emergency situation and we had to move her across the country. <laughs> and so he's driving the moving truck across country and we're helping her. And I, I don't even know. <laughs> it was wow. no control. Situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm curious before this happened, what were you guys doing for work? So I'm a graphic designer and I have my own business uh, with graphic design and then Corey. Yeah, so I, I'm a designer as well, uh, a little bit different than what Chelsea does, but I do more of the user interface design, so Techie. apps and websites. So I, I work for a big okay. software company, yeah. Okay, got it. And and you guys were doing that before mm -hmm. and still doing it now? Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're both from uh, Southern California, and uh, I believe Chelsea, right? San Diego yes, area? correct. Yeah, and Corey told me um, Orange County. So how do you get, and I'm asking you because people ask me all the time. So how do you get from Southern California to Nashville? <laughs> oh, I love this story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious. I got to know. If you had told me I would end up living in the South in Nashville where there's humidity, I would laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have believed it. But it's better than traffic. You know, it's, it's Although great. you guys have traffic in Nashville. Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's pros yeah. and cons, a lot more pros. But <laughs> what got us here actually was it was um, one year from diagnosis. So August, July, August-ish of the next year. And we were out on a date night and we were just talking about what we're doing with life. <laughs> and all of a sudden, God drops this picture in my head of a ranch. Um, and so I just talk about it and we're like, okay, like, what does this mean? And how could that tie into with where our hearts are at now um, in our purpose? And so we have the vision of having a ranch for post-cancer patients to come and mentally and emotionally heal. A lot of the aftermath is not talked about and all the healing that needs to happen after the fact emotionally and mentally. And um, there's not a lot of resource, I believe, that I've seen for that. And so we want to have a space where people can come and stay in our tiny cabins all over the property and just heal and have peace and experience quiet and we want to have workshops for setting purpose and vision for your life again and all the fun things with that. So that's kind of what brought us out here. We were looking at Boise and that just didn't, that wasn't a green light for us. And then God brought us out here and it's like our home now. I feel like I was made for this part of the country. <laughs> so you guys have lived there a couple years now? Two years in yeah. June. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now that I know how you end up in Nashville, which I love the story. I want to know both of you. Let's start with what was your worst moment during all of it? Let's start with you, Chelsea. Okay. My worst moment, I think, was the first night in the oncology ward. Corey was laying in the bed and he was falling asleep. And I had this fear inside of me just the potential of losing my best friend that I had spent 30 years, you know, I mean, adult, my whole adult life until I was 30 
waiting for and searching for. And we had the most amazing, beautiful life full of adventures and traveling and, and seeing him in a hospital bed um, with this death sentence um, coming at him. It, that was horrible. And I remember the next day driving home to get clothes and just screaming in the car by myself. And um, I think it was the fear of it all was the worst. Okay. What about you, Corey? Um, the worst was probably the pain, um, the, the side effects from the, the chemo and just, um, the bone pain, the excruciating bone pain that I went through. Um, so what happens when you, when chemo, when you go through chemo, it obviously kills everything in your body. And so, um, your bone, your bone marrow actually starts to create these, you know, those white, white blood cells in, in your body. And so that's, that's where that excruciating pain came from. And I would just lay on the couch in bed in agonizing pain. And I'd wake up crying in the middle of the night. Um, that was probably the worst. Losing my hair was, was really tough for me too. Cause you know, you're, you're attached to your identity there. And so that was really hard when, when we had to shave it off, you know, after the first or second round, um, when it just started falling out, I was just like, let's just shave it. So I would say bone pain and, and losing, losing the hair were really hard. Okay. What about your best moment? And we'll start with Corey this time. Oh man. The best moment was having that encounter with Jesus and angels in the room and, um, getting choked up. <laughs> um, wow. Take your time. And, uh, having my best friend with me. Chelsea, what about you? Um, there was this moment after the mid-cycle scan, the, after the third round, where we got the results and we went to the beach after. And we were sitting on the beach at Sunset Cliffs overlooking the ocean. And, and in that moment, just knowing that our faith was not misplaced, um, what we did and our belief was not misplaced and that God is still good. Even in the hardest of seasons, he's still good. And, um, and knowing that we would be able to live a future together, that I would be able to live with my best friend, my husband forever. And, and that our, our future wasn't canceled by cancer. Oh, that's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. What's one thing, and either one of you can answer, that you wish you had known at the very beginning? Oh, for me, it's as a caregiver, you may be unseen and you may be in a hiding place and you won't get attention um, and people won't look to you first to encourage, but to know that God still sees me and that he would reward that and that I would find my peace and my identity in him during this season um, 
and that I got to love Corey into his victory. And I got to be a part of that. I'm not cast aside, but I'm actually a part of the miracle as well. Oh gosh, that's so well said. Yeah. And there's not a lot of support. I think it's gotten better, but there's not for caregivers. There's not. There really isn't. And you carry this huge, huge burden. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Corey? Is there anything you wish you'd known at the beginning? Um, gosh. I mean, my, my wife was amazing in researching all the things that we uh, got to do holistically too, right? We did vitamin IV treatments. I went to a naturopath and got Myers cocktail and all these different IV treatments, you know, they would just hook me up to my port. And um, obviously the nutrition in the hospital is, is terrible. They feed people sugar and junk and it's just crap, right? Horrible. Um, so we, we were fortunate enough to not only be surrounded by a community that would help bring in food, um, they would send us Postmates or Uber Eats, um, or oftentimes my wife, you know, or, or family would, would make food, um, to support us through that, to support my body with nutrition. Um, so I think that's the, the one thing that I would say is having the resources, like we knew nutrition helped, but what were the actual things that, that fights cancer? You know, um, there's, there's mushrooms and different herbs and things you can take, but, um, and that's not advice, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, what are the, what are the foods and the things, um, that you can do to, to support your body? We also did chiropractic, uh, acupuncture. I sat in the hyperbaric chamber, which was amazing for my healing. It really helps support, um, my body with, with, with the healing after and, yeah. and between my treatments, um, you know, I got in a hyperbaric tra- chamber and the oxygen was just incredible. And doctors will say, oh, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. But my energy levels, I was going home and doing chores that week. Like I had so much energy. Um, and it was, it was incredible. So resources like that, that were, that weren't really available to us. Like, fortunately we were around people that were in the holistic, um, you know, those were their professions. So we were very fortunate enough to be alongside those people. But I would say if we didn't have that, like we would have still been searching throughout the whole journey of what do we do to support my body? Do you think it helped being located at that time in Southern California? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's the natural, holistic, healthy lifestyle is booming there. And, and definitely we've, we've seen such a difference between the access to holistic care here in Nashville versus the other side of the country, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I was wondering, how about this? I can't wait to hear your answers, especially if they're different. (laughs) If you could only do one thing to improve healthcare in the U S what would it be and why? Wow. Okay, I would say that states allowing more doctors to operate with holistic licenses um, because a lot of the holistic doctors, at least in Tennessee, have to 
kind of be strategic around how they are listed, what they name their practices. And it's just, I mean, holistic is just not nature-based healthcare. And so um, I think just restriction should be lifted for sure. What about you, Corey? For me, gosh, there's one thing. It's hard, <laughs> hard to narrow it down. Um, I would get rid of all of the pharmaceuticals. Um, and Wait, I find I don't usually interrupt here, but I'm going to interrupt. I find that interesting yeah. because... You took drugs sure. from pharmaceutical companies. Okay. All right. So keep yeah. going. Yeah. And so I I definitely think that Western medicine is is amazing for a lot of things, right? Um, what what it's not amazing for is helping people with with nutrition and supporting their body. Sure. Um, you know, where the the foods, the GMOs, the uh, the pesticides in this country is just at an alarming rate. Um, there, there's so many other things that are causing disease in our bodies. Yes, Western medicine is great and, and is helpful in many ways. Um, but I would say we're, we're using it. I mean, just take a look at what Amer how Americans are using pharmaceuticals versus the rest of the world. And the the trajectory of our life, our lifespans and how long we're living. And, um, so anyway, with all that said, um, <laughs> it's really hard for me to narrow down one thing, but I would say definitely cutting back on the, the pharmaceuticals and the things we're taking, the pills that people are taking on a daily basis. Like you can, you can do so much with nutrition. Like you can, you can reverse so much disease with, with nutrition. So loaded answer. Yeah, I I agree and maybe not reverse, but I mean I definitely nutrition has to be a priority. Yeah. It's just unfortunately the reality is that fast foods often cheaper. Yeah. Not always. Not always. But but often, you know, yeah. but often cheaper. Yeah. Um yeah. All right, so I'm so excited. Are you ready for the Thriver Rapid Fire? Yep. Let's do it. Beach, desert or mountains? Mountains. Mountains. Beach Boys, Beatles, or Rolling Stones? Beach Boys. Rolling Stones. Corey, what's one word that best describes Chelsea? Joyful. Chelsea, what's one word that best describes Corey? Dedicated. All right. Before you die, what is the last song you want to hear? Chelsea, go first. Oh, I don't have a song. I just want to be with friends worshiping, I think. Corey, what about you? I don't have a song either. Uh, it would have to be worship music for sure. Probably. Right. What about the last meal? The last meal? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people say a burger, but I'm going to say a salad because it's so refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chelsea? Uh, margarita pizza. A good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm with her. Beach Boys, Margarita Pizza. I'm there. I'm there. Okay. What about the last person or people you want to see? This guy. My wife, for sure. <laughs> and the last words you will speak. 
Take me home. (laughs) (laughs) And aside from Cancer U, what's one resource that you would recommend for cancer patients and caregivers? And I also want you guys to talk about the work that you're doing now. Yeah. Chelsea, you want to talk about the work first and then I can talk about the blueprint? Yep. So um, we have our business. It's called Victor's Path and we get to coach cancer patients and caregivers into victory right now where they're at during the journey. Um, We created this business out of our journey um, and there not being a lot of resource for Christ-centered, holistic-centered, life-giving, life-speaking guidance. Um, And I just, my why is I think back to that first round of chemo in the hospital, I'm sitting there with my computer and notebooks and researching all the things and feeling almost helpless and hopeless. And I never want one person to be in that situation ever. So we created this business to support people who are looking for just that. Okay. All right, Corey, tell us the second part of that answer. Yeah. So I'm so glad you asked. We have this blueprint called the Cancer Journey Blueprint, and it's a guide to choosing victory over cancer. And so uh, it's a free blueprint that you can get at cancerjourneyblueprint.com. So basically, we've taken everything that we learned in the hospital and we put it in this guide. So if you are new to cancer, if you are in the middle of cancer, if you're a caregiver, this resource, this is a resource that you need. This is a resource that will equip you with all the tools that you need in order to fight cancer. So we have tips in there on, um, you know, nutrition, we have mindset, we have prayer, um, protecting your atmosphere. We have all these different topics that are so important and vital to the cancer journey. Um, and you know, that, that crazy journey that you might find yourself in. So cancerjourneyblueprint.com, you can get it for free. So um, we are on Instagram and Facebook. We use Instagram a little bit more. And TikTok. (laughs) We're everywhere. Um, So our handles are The Victor's Path, spelled out. Okay. And um, we also have our our main website, which is victorspath.com. So V-I-C-T-O-R-S-P-A-T-H.com. Okay, awesome. So we'll put that in the workshop for our members, and then we'll also put it in the show notes when this becomes a podcast episode. You guys, thanks so much for for coming on and sharing your story and also just being vulnerable. Thank you for having us. This was so fun. Yeah, thank you so much. This was amazing. Thank you for listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. If you like our podcast, give us a five-star rating and review and tell your friends about us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. If you want to share your cancer journey with the world and be a guest on our podcast, go to our website, cancer.university. That's cancer.university. And hit the contact button or click the contact link in the show notes. You've been listening to the Cancer Youth Thrivers podcast. Real people, true stories.